Hallelujah. Let us remain standing for the word of God. Oh God, thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you because you have not only woke us up this morning, but you blessed us to be here in the number, in the service one more time. But God, you blessed us also to have not only reasonable portion of strength, but having our minds, oh God. We're in our right minds and we want to tell you thank you. God, we're aware that it's not by us that we live and move, but it's by you, God, that we live and move and have our being. God, we thank you for the provisions. We thank you for the increase in the overflows. We thank you that you've given us more than enough. You've given us just what we needed. God, we thank you for the daily bread that you assigned to us. God, we are grateful. We are grateful that you're yet healing your people. You're yet delivering your people. You're yet setting us free. And God, as we learned earlier today, that you promised us a new city. We got a new home in the sky. One day we're going to tell this world goodbye. Oh God, and we thank you. Hallelujah. Oh God, we're going to go where the wicked has ceased from troubling. And that all wearies can be at rest, oh God. And all of the saints of the ages will sit at your feet, God, and be blessed. God, we want to go. But as we get here, we're going to watch, fight, and pray. Oh, God, we're going to stay on our bended knee. We're going to trust you. We're going to live, and we're going to treat everybody right. Oh, God, we're going to live the way you have told us and taught us to live. God, we want you to be glorified in and through us. So, God, at this most sacred time, ask God, I ask that you move me out of the way. If I've been a fence or a stumbling block to someone, God, move me out of the way. And God, let them hear you. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel your anointing in their life. That their lives and hearts might be changed. So God, won't you create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord. For you are my strength and you are my redeemer. And I bless you on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. You all may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You all see the title. It ain't in the numbers. (laughs) Uh, Boy, I tell you. um, It ain't in the numbers, y'all. You can apply that to your weight (laughs) if you want. (laughs) You could apply that to your finances if you want. Uh, But I'm going to tell you, uh, it ain't in the numbers. And where it's coming for for me is um, as it relates to this women's retreat. Now, Chucky has been a big brother to me for over 30 years. Because we can now say over. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um. And um, and he's seen me and watched me grow. My father, my mother have, and a lot of you all that's been with Uncle Ben and I, Gerald, they remember when I was little. Well, no, I was never really little, but younger, Camille. <laughs> and um, I've always been really good at telling on myself. And I tell Chucky all the time, anytime I get up to share the word with anybody, whether it was the young people or in the main sanctuary, I got to tell on myself because w- what else am I to do? right 
Um, I think the problem is, is when so many times people want to hide behind the word as if it didn't apply to them. And I'm going I'm to be one to say, it applies to me. And I'm grateful for the leaders that we have here at Three Peace Christian Ministries because we are a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing, Bible-following congregation from the head on down. We, we, when God gives us the word, it ministers to us as we minister to you all. So it ain't in the numbers. For the past five weeks, God has blessed me to teach uh, the Names of God series on a Wednesday night fellowship that my girlfriend, uh, Nikki, she God gave her a women's fellowship that she does virtually. And every for the past five weeks, we've been in the Names of God. And, you know, God is so intricate because he knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning, and everything in between because he's infinite. He's the ultimate. <laughs> he knew that there's going to come a time that she's going to need to know this. And I'm going to talk to her right then and there as she's telling others how I'm going to do in her life. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that before God knew, before I knew God, before I knew me, before I knew my parents, God already knew who I was, knew who I shall be. And he had a plan for my life. So it ain't in the numbers. Y'all probably like, okay, we hear you, Camille. How does this relate to you? And what's Judges 6 and 7 about? Well, I love the word of God because the word of God is not only quick and alive, but do you know the word of God is filled with good old humans just like you and me? Thank you, Jesus, that none of these folks are Marvel characters. Thank you, Jesus, that none of these folks were a cape. Or, you know, fluent. it. No, I mean, now, some of them did get a chance to get up yonder. Uh, Elijah did in that chariot. Um, and we saw, you know, Jacob able to see angels. You know, you know, but the end of the day, they're just human like you and I. So when you read the word of God, depending on what you're going through in your life, you can see yourself in the word. And I'm so grateful for that because that lets me know that I can, I can win. I don't have to be a loser. Because I'm not like the Amalekites or the Jebusites. Or, no, I'm his child. I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm in the line, the lineage of, of Abraham. And, and God has blessed me so I get to win. So that helps me to know that it ain't in the numbers. Because some people put their trust in numbers. How many of y'all played the, the, the lotto that led? I'm going to raise my hand. Listen, I ain't going to ask a question. I ain't going to confess. I said, Lord, let me tell you something. If you gave me some billion, let me tell you, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Let me tell you. My girlfriend, Dion, miracle walking Dion, miracle talking Dion, miracle singing Dion. She, she texts us in a group chat. And she said, okay, friends, I need to know what do y'all want to do when I win this money? And I said, I, don't, I only need $22 million. <laughs> And she said, that's oddly specific, Camille. And so then, of course, I tell Kendrick that. Kendrick's like, okay, let's break it down. And I said, well, I want to do this. I want to do this. He's like, okay, you got 21 million left. I said, well, hold on. <laughs> I want to do this. I wanna... <laughs> okay, you still got 10 million. I'm like, wait a minute. And it kind of helped me understand it ain't in the numbers. Because what God wants to do in and through us, it ain't numbers-based. 
What God wants us to know is that he's the majority. Provider, the majority, the sustainer, the battle axe in the time of trouble. He is our victory. He wants us to know it's him. So during the Names of God series, I first started off with Jehovah Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God who is present. Y'all have no idea how much that has been meaning to me. But to not to bore your patience or take you on a too long of a ride. But I will say this, Jehovah Shammah, Ezekiel 48, verse 35. It talks and talks a little bit what we've been saying even in Revelation 21. That there's going to come a new Jerusalem. A new home in, in that that. This world will it ain't gonna beat on this world. It, it, he's bringing it and he's he's prepared it and it's always oh, amazing. It's beautiful. Come to power, I'll tell you more. But in it, it helps us know that God is there and he, the name of the city is going to be the Lord is there. Man, no neon lights or nothing needed. Better than a Hollywood sign. Man. The Lord is there. Then we went to uh, Jehovah Jireh. And I can tell you how God provided for me that week after teaching on Jehovah Jireh. Now, I'm talking to these women. I'm sharing with them just from the word of the Lord. And meanwhile, God is saying to me, hey, this one's for you. And we went through Jehovah Jireh, went through Jehovah uh we went to Alpha and Omega. Now, I'm going to tell you, with that one, Alpha and Omega, that, oh boy, you talking about some church. Because when we understand who he is, and then we, from there, we went to Jehovah Shalom, which gets us to where we are in our lesson today. For the past nine months, if not more, Be Healed Women's Conference and Retreat has been set in stone for it to be the third week of August. And when I tell you, I know what God showed me in a dream. And here's a good detection to know when it's the Lord and when it's you eating too late. When it's the Lord, number one, it'll happen. But understand this, there's a little asterisk sign, at his appointed time. Number two, it ain't going to be nothing that you would come up with. That should have been number one, but, you know, hierarchy, God goes first. Because the scripture says that every good and perfect thing comes from above, from the Father of lights, where there's no variance, no shadow of turning in him. It comes from the Lord. So even when you have the best, the best idea, and people say, oh, Ben, you did so good, that was such a good idea, that's why we got to say, to God be the glory. Because it's not in my mind. It's not me, but it's him. And so, I know what I dreamed that night. And it's been a dream for quite some years. And I didn't understand, but it's like every time I have that dream, Sister Carolina, more iterations come out. And so when the hotel that I just knew, the $99 a night hotel, yeah, buddy, that's going to be it, y'all. Y'all, y'all know I preached it. Brother Peter, you was here that day. I just knew. Mm-mm. They was tripping, tripping, not calling back. I mean, it was bad. Fast forward. 
the hotel we're staying at had already emailed. They had already came to me with a discounted rate, which is only $40 difference from what we normally would. What? And this is a luxury hotel? This is a big conference hotel? This is, the food is real? What? Because God does exceedingly and abundantly. So I put it out there, and I would think, because you have to understand, we as people, we're very much going to always take our side in any story. We're going to take our side. We're going to paint ourselves to either be the victor or the victim. And oftentimes in humanity, we paint ourselves to be the victim. And woe is me. It ain't my fault. I don't know why this is happening. This is unfair. Or we'll say, well, I'm the least, and I'm the, we'll disqualify ourselves before we even realize that God has already called us, so therefore we're qualified. So anyways, I'm, I'm like, okay, God, this is it. Because my dad and I, we went walking the premises, and I just felt it. I said, oh, this is it. This is what I saw in the dream. The people being blessed. And it's going to be all these women. And it's going to be all these women. You hear what I said there? All these women. Spirit Lord, been dealing with me. It ain't in the numbers. So, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, we're going to have about 250. So when you give a quote like that to a hotel, they want to give you all these additional perks. Because <laughs> they think you're bringing in a big number. She sent me an email. She said, it seems like your numbers have went down. <laughs> I said, listen, I got high hopes. She got high hopes. But I do have my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And I've had to come to grips. Camille, because you've been in corporate America for so long, everything has been KPI-based. Your success is determined by the numbers that you produce. Someone might say, Oh, well, you know, how many sales did you have? Did you meet your quota? And the pressure, the intensity, the then you begin, sometimes you'll start doing bad stuff to meet a quota. I'm just saying. But God doesn't work like that. Because the scripture says that he'll leave the 99 to go get the one. That goes against sales philosophy right there. You only going to sell to a group of one person when there's 99? That's not good marketing. He says that heaven rejoices over one soul that is saved. And, you know, so we have to understand that the psychology of man's marketing is not the psychology of God's. So it ain't in the numbers. So on today's lesson, we're going to look in Judges 6 and 7. Now, I, I, I'm going to... Give some highlights, if that's okay. And but then we're going to read actual text. So who are we talking about in Judges? We're going to be talking about Gideon. The same one who the, the little Bible in the hotel is named after? Yeah. Right? And I'm going I'm to tell you why this is so good to me. The Gideon Bible in the hotel got a little lamp at the corner of it. Y'all, come on, I ain't the only one that ever took the Gideon Bible from the hotel. Come on, y'all just, who y'all holy, 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 holy. Y'all going to be real good in heaven. Y'all already singing it. Whew, anywho. But Gideon, 
let me give you some background about him. Gideon, he's going to talk about it himself, but Gideon, he's a part of the Manasseh tribe, one of the, one of the sons of Jacob, Israel. Uh, uh, um, and actually, if I'm not mistaken, Manasseh was Joseph's son. Actually, so he's the grandson of Israel's tribe. There we go. See, oh, amen. So Manasseh was Joseph's baby. And, uh, and Gideon comes from Manasseh's tribe, and he says, well, I'm the least of these. You know, my family ain't even a big tribe. We're a small little cohort of folks. And, and Gideon um, understood that, that he's living in a time where the enemy is running rampant. Is that familiar? Do we not see the enemy running rampant right now? But here's why the enemy was running rampant in Gideon's day. Verse 1, it says the Israelites did evil in the sight of God. So we got to ask ourselves sometimes when we're so quick to give an indictment on this world, oh, I don't know why this is happening. What have we been doing or not doing that God has said, you know what, y'all haven't been obeying me? I'm going to let the Midianites overtake you for seven years. The good thing in that is that because God is merciful, because God is good, because God is kind, because his anger only endures but for a moment, but his love and his grace and his mercy is for a lifetime, we can understand that God is in the midst of even when the Midianites is going tripping. He might, he might, he has sent the Assyrians after us. But he said, I'm going to let the Babylonians take you in a little bit. But after 70 years, you're going to come on out of this. Isn't that great how sometimes we can be afflicted with things, but God promised us that he's going to bring us out? That's why we can sing the song, Trouble Don't Last Always. So here you have, for seven years, they did evil in the sight. And I want to kind of fast forward because the prophet comes and speaks to the children of Israel. Because the children of Israel were terrified of the Midianites. They would lay low. I mean, they didn't want to make no noise. You know, I never watched The Quiet Place because I don't like scary movies, but just think about it like that, where they didn't want to make a sound because they didn't want the monsters to come get them. Because we're going to see this, because Gideon, in verse 11, he's threshing wheat in a wine press. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. You normally thresh wheat by the door so the chaff can come on out. So you know how hard his job had to be? He beaten the wheat and literally the chaff and the wheat is sit still there. So then he had to sift again. Brother man was laying low. Because he didn't want to be in the median night's face. He didn't, want, he didn't want that smoke, as the young people say. But the angel of the Lord came to him while he was in his hiding place. Hallelujah. While you think that you are under the radar and nobody sees you, God said, I see you, Christy. I see you, Pete, in your hiding place. And he comes, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, you mighty man of valor, or great, a valiant warrior. There we go. Great, valiant warrior. The man who's hiding is a great, valiant warrior? Yeah, because God sees us. He sees the end of us. He knows what he's called in us. He said, I knew you before you were in the womb. I formed you and made you and put my word on the inside. So as much as you want to go through the gyrations of life, 
I know what you shall be. And I'm going to deal with you according. That's why we as parents, we got to speak to our children as what God has called them to be. Hallelujah. We can't keep calling them the problem child, the bad one, the evil one. Oh, that's my weird one. No, no, no. Call, call them. You've been redeemed by God. You are saved and you are loved. You are beautiful, fearfully and wonderfully made. You got to speak life. They tell us to do that to plants. Why not our children? Why not our spouses? Hallelujah. All right. Trying to stay with. It ain't in the numbers. So God calls them. And what's so interesting about this passage, I recommend that you all read it. Because we're not going to read all of it. Because as I said, it is literally two chapters. Okay? But I just want to give you the highlights, if that's all right. So, Judges 6, I got a chance to let you know who Gideon is. Let you know his family tribe. Let you also know that because God is faithful and he's loving, he lets us know when there's going to, he's going to bring an end to whatever we're dealing with. And what I love about this, the, between verses 1 and verses 11, you got to understand that the Israelites cried unto the Lord. Verse 1, they had been doing evil. God sent the Midianites. Verses 2 through 10, you see that they're crying out to the Lord for help. Over in Psalms 18, uh, you could read over in a few of the Psalms where he said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. I cried unto the Lord and he heard me on his holy hill. And he came down. Look, when we understand that it's, there's nothing that we can do that keeps us from crying out. Okay. So what I love about this is that, and I'm just read this, but check this out. Anytime God got ready to deliver his people, he always gave them a history lesson. After he tells them what they're guilty of, he then gives them a history lesson to remind them of who he is. He does that to me, Christy and Brother Al. He does that to me. I'm going through something and I'm wanting to quit. Did I mention I've been wanting to quit, be healed? Did I mention this? Oh, okay. Update. Yeah, been wanting to quit. The whole time I'm teaching the Names of God series, trying to figure out how I can cancel this, refund money, because it, it ain't worth it. Where, where the people at? And not counting the blessing of the people who already registered. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But when you have the mind of this this, you know, it has to be a, a metric or, or a numbering system that the only way I win if it looks like it's a thousand people or a hundred people, shoot, even 50 people. And when you feel that you don't have that, you feel like you're failing. But God dealt with me while I'm teaching Jehovah Shalom. It ain't in the numbers, Rochelle. So, God comes to deliver them and he addresses Gideon and what I love about this if you read it for yourself between verses I mean from the time that God calls him he goes in through a list of why he's disqualified to serve in this capacity that's the number one thing that we as humans like to do 
God gives us something to do and we want to tell him how we can't do it. And the scripture also says, by the way, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So either you're going to do what he said and know that you can do all things or you're going to try to give him the reasons why it shouldn't be you. And God said, I'm still qualifying you to do my work. We saw Moses did that. Moses said, God said, okay, I'll send Aaron with you. But you still going to be my man. I still have a call for your life. We see that even with Mary. She was wondering like, me? But you know, I'm just a little maiden girl. I never knew no man before. But you found favored in God's sight. We see that time and time again. We can't disqualify ourselves because God who has qualified, and there's a scripture of that over in Romans. But nevertheless, moving forward, going through, if you continue on in chapter 6, God allows Gideon to be human. Thank you, God, that we serve a human understanding, loving, forgiving God who's eternal. He, he's human. He, what is the word, what's the word I like to say? Uh, uh, um, he's, uh, he's empathetic to humanity. There you go. Because he came down in human form so he could buy us back with his blood. But he's an eternal, infinite God who understands us down to the molecular level. And that's why he can deal with us the way he does. He's a good God. But verse 13 sticks out to me. He says, um, pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, but... If the Lord is with us, why all these things have happened to us? And I hit on this early, but I want to come back to it. We are so quick to be trying to figure out why, we did, why we're going through versus realizing that we played a part in what we're going through. Own it. Own that you were part of the destruction that hit your home. Own that you were part of the destruction that hit your finances. Own, and I'm talking to me. I'm part of the destruction that hit my body when, when I get sick and not doing well. Well, what are you putting in your body, Camille? What are you, how are you moving? Are you exercising? Are you, are you sleeping well? You, we we got to own our stuff. That's the first part of getting delivered. When we can own the fact that we messed up and we ain't right. So many times, this is why I wanted to bring it up. I spoke to an atheist the other day at my job. She openly shared that she's an atheist. And I said, okay, keep talking, let's talk. And as she began to share some things, and I asked her why she believed that, she said, well, you know, why would he let all this bad stuff happen? Why would all these children be without mothers and, and you know, her herself without her mother and third world countries this? And everybody want to get real empathetic for third world countries when they want to blame God. But when it comes down to how they spend and how they live, they don't think about third world nowhere, nowhere soon. And I'm listening to her. She said, it's, you know, it's like if there's evil because she don't believe in the devil. And I said, how can you hate God and say he ain't real but don't believe in the devil? But hey, okay. This to each his own. But I'm listening to her share. And it made me think back to this passage. We're so quick trying to say, why is this happening to us? But we haven't seen that God called us to worship him, number one. 
He gave us the two biggest commandments that sum up everything is number one is to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength and love our neighbors as ourselves. But if we're failing at one, we're going to fail at the other. So woe to every nation that forgets God. These are the things that we have to deal with. So when we look at what's happening and I shared with her, I said, but he saw Jesus die on the cross. He's still sovereign. He's still holy. Whether you believe it or not, he still loves you. We got to understand that we play a part in that demise. So here we go. Let's jump over to seven words because it's time for me to sit. Here we go. All through this, God is allowing him to show his humanity. Gideon had asked questions. Wanted answers and God meets with him. God shares with him. God calls him to do a work. God tells him, not only do I want you to go defeat the Midianites, but I've given you the victory. And Gideon was like, okay, that sounds good. But did you know who I am? Do you know my family tree? Okay, you still, you still want me. Okay, but you know, I'm, I'm really not a fighting man. I don't really fight. That's not my thing. I don't do that. But he understood that he was in the presence of holiness. Look at it, verse 15. Uh, actually, let's go to verse, um, verse 17. Gideon replied, now if I found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that you are really talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Okay, here's why this is so good. Why Jehovah Shalom comes into place here. Because we are not to ever worship angels. Angels ain't supposed to accept no tribute, no offering. So he's talking to the pre-incarnate Christ. He's having a relate a, a interesting conversation with the Lord. And so he comes back, he prepares the offering, burns it up, and the Lord accepts his sacrificial offering gift. If you read verse 20 and down, he's now being specific and saying, here's what I need you to do. I need you, where they got these Asherah poles up, I need you to tear them suckers down. I want them down. And Gideon was like, I'm going to do that. But I'm going to do it at night so nobody can see me. And then in the morning, he was still scared. But ain't it good to go when you're scared? That's what the Lord was dealing with me. Camille, you might be afraid. You might be feeling a little unsure. Just keep going. Do what I have called you to do. Verse 23, the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die because he sees, he recognizes in verse 22 that he sees the sovereign Lord. And he says, so Gideon built an altar of the Lord there and he called it the Lord is peace. And to the day it still stands. So now let's talk about how it's not in the numbers. So here's chapter six is all about Gideon. We know this about Gideon because we know about the fleece. Know about how he said, okay, God, if this is really. Now, mind you, we just went through the first 20 some odd verses. He's trying to tell God why he's disqualified. But God still deals with him. He tells God, I'm going to do what you said, but I'm going to do it at night so I don't get in trouble. But he does it anyway. And then now he's saying, well, God, if you're really, 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 really with me, make the fleece be wet and the ground be dry. Then let the ground be dry and the fleece be wet. God honored 
his request. The length that God is willing to go for us, that we might do his will. That's a great place to shout if I ain't never heard one before. I'll shout for myself, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now, chapter 7. Gideon is the people of the people, the children of Israel, and the Midianites. They had saw what Gideon did in chapter six, and they changed his name. His daddy stuck, spoke, spoke up for him. It's always good to have a father and mother who stands up for you. I tell you, I thank God for my parents. They stand, they stand up for me. But in chapter seven, we see here it says, um, and actually it's still in chapter six. Um, after the fleecing, God tells him to go get the men to fight. And here you see the Lord in verse two, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver many into your hands or Israel will boast against me. Twenty some thousand men showed up and said they was getting ready to fight. When after Gideon went through his whole gyration of why he wasn't going to do it, why he wasn't a mighty war and all these different things. He, he went out, he obeyed, and the call was answered. And you would think with all those, you could imagine the esteem that Gideon felt. All right, we're going to fight. Look at all these people ready to fight. We winning. God says, no, nah, you got too many, bro. Got to whittle this down some more. Because if that happens, the, these people who already wandered away from me, will begin to declare that they did it. (sighs) Thank you, Jesus. That's why it ain't in the numbers. So many times we look for the numbers to substantiate our growth and our development, and God said, it ain't in that. It's in the work that I do through you. That's where it is. For me to be glorified, that's what it is. For for people to be edified, that's what it is. And it ain't going to be by your name, by no other power, but mine, says the Lord. So now, so, he, so now he has to go through this process. So we go from a large, actually, I apologize. It was a large number, more than 22,000. 22,000 men left where it only remained 10,000 men. So he had about 40-some thousand. He had about and 10,000 men remain. And the Lord said to Gideon, they are still too many men. Now, this is how we're going to separate. The first separation was, who of y'all is scared and don't want to fight? They left. Then, now he's going to say, take them down to the water. And see how they drink. God is in the details. And he said, "Um, there are too many, take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down. I'm in verse five to the water and the Lord there. The Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. What illustrative test that is. The person who was thirsty. Oh, I'm, I'm faint. I need some water. And they just going all in like a Labrador to a water pan. Tongue just slopping all around. 
but they look it. You know, that's one thing I like about dogs when when they 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 drinking, but they look it because they're not trying to make you ain't gonna mess with their water bowl. It's mine. But the one who kneeled down, cup their hand all all pristine like, we don't need them. God separates those. The Lord said to Gideon, with 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give you into the Midianites' hand. So you're telling me, God, it ain't in the numbers. I have this massive, multi-thousand folks, but now I've only got 300. How is that going to happen? But God already said, it ain't by your power, it ain't by your strength, but it's going to be by my spirit. We see that over in Zechariah. God's word is true. Let me wrap this on up because I took a little longer than what I like to. The end of the story, before I give you the end, okay? We understand, and here's what I didn't see before. God told Gideon one night in verse 9, go on down there to the Midianite camp. Take your servant with you. And you will hear them say that I've given you the victory. And that will encourage your heart. What? God told Gideon, go over to the enemy's camp. Because I know you still got doubts, Gideon. I know you're still doing this kind of scared. But you'll hear just what you need to hear. So Gideon got up, took his servant with him. And the enemy was saying, man, I had this bad dream. It was crazy. Like, this barley leaf came over into the camp and destroyed us. You always got that one person in the camp. Oh, I know exactly what that is. They just can interpret all real quick. Like, really? How you know? But that young Midianite other man pulled up and said, yeah, that's Gideon. God has given him the victory. Gideon heard that. It was like, all right, fellas, let's go on to battle. Now, here's the great thing in this lesson. Not nan time did Gideon pick up a sword. Not nan time did Gideon pick up anything that would be considered a weapon. He had a torch and a lantern. That was it. Let's keep reading. So... Gideon arrived just as the man was telling him the dream. And the, the, the person said, I had a dream. And he was saying, a round loaf of barley bread came stumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent in such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites over, uh, has given the Midianites and the whole camp is in, into his hands. That's a very detailed interpretation. So you clearly understand that God sent word to Mr. Midianite number two man to let him know your days is numbered, bruh. I'm taking my people back. Ain't that great to know that there's some situation in your life right now. You can look at it like in the name of Jesus. God, I want you to take this situation back. Take my marriage back. Take my children back. Take my finances, my health. God, take it back. It's yours. God, I'll do better with it this time than I did last time. God, I'll be faithful. I'll, I'll love you more. I'll do what you called me to do. God, I will be who you said that I shall be. 
So after he heard the dream, like I said, he went and said, get up. And Gideon, in verse 19, Gideon and the hundreds of men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. Just after they had changed guard. Here's what they were going to say. You need to shout the following things. A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. God told him he was going to be a valiant warrior. God called him a valiant warrior. But ain't no sword in the man's hand. Don't that give you some relief that sometimes when you need to fight, it ain't going to be no, no fist of cuffs, no sword. I'll, you just need to fight God. I'm fighting on my knees. I'm a fight in prayer. I'm a fight in reading the word. I'm a fight by keeping the spirit of God over my mind. I'm a put on that helmet of salvation. I'm going to fight right. So, jumping down, he had three companies, a hundred in each company, setting around the Midian camp. And all these men had with them was a trumpet and a lantern. That's it. And he told them at the sound, when I tell y'all to make the sound, what you need to do first is, before you blow, say, the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. And blow that trumpet. Well, what happens when the Midianites hear this? All they hear, and aren't you grateful, the creator, he knows how to magnify. He now knows how to turn the heat up. Know how to, and he allowed the Midianites to hear this, and it sounded like a great host of people. And they heard all of this, and they got fearful, and they began to run for their lives. And so much so, they started fighting one another. They didn't, the 300 didn't even have to fight. All they had to do was, thus said the Lord, take your lantern, take your trumpet, and say that this is for the Lord and for Gideon, and the victory, it came. I got to go, that's over my time. But I'm going to tell you like this, keep reading the word. Because in chapter 6, you understand that God is your peace. And understand that he's qualified you. That he's anointed you for such a time as this. And even when you find yourself trying to give him reasons on why it should not be you. He says, I still called you son. I still called your daughter. I still got a work for you to do. Well, God, I, I feel like that. He says, listen, what do you need? I'm going to show you that you got the victory. Matter of fact, do you need the enemy to tell you that I gave you the victory? No problem. He meets us where we need it. But God wants us to say yes to his will, yes to his way. It ain't in the numbers. I'm not worried about this upcoming week. To God be the glory, I'm grateful, I'm thankful. For over the 35, I think it's close to 40 some being on virtual, 30 some odd in, in person, and I'm grateful for that. Because God, I don't know what you're going to do with the 10% of the 300 you gave Gideon. But I believe, God, that you have called us for such a time as this. That every woman that's going to, under the sound of the voices that will be going forth, will be blessed by your word because you have something that they need to live for and live by. It ain't in the numbers. So now I have to, that's why, what is that over in Romans 12, where it says that we got to be transformed. I had to get rid of that old thinking when it came down to numbers mean you're successful. No, it's not be not trans, be not conformed to this world of thinking, Camille, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and knowing that it ain't in your numbers. 
but it's about what God wants to do in and through you. That he gets the glory. Amen? God bless. Wow, praise the Lord. Praise God. What a word. It's, it's not in the numbers. It's not about the numbers. Praise the Lord. You know, see, God is not concerned about quantity. He's concerned about quality. Amen. The time that we spent with him, how we trust him, how we love him, how we draw close to him, and whatever we need, God's got it. I don't care what it is. I don't care who you are. Whatever you need, God has it for you. And this word is talking, is letting us know today, there's nothing too hard for God. You can be in a situation that looks overwhelming, and it can be overwhelming. But with God, you can make it. With God, we can make it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Is that right, Pastor Amanda? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. that I could do for you and all things that I could say nothing is better Lord to simply obey many things that I could be for you I'll trust in you yes, yes. and do what you say. And I'll follow you where you're leading me. Yes, yes. And I'll follow
many are determined to follow Jesus today? Have you made it up in your mind to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back. I've made up my mind, my heart is fixed, I'm going to follow Jesus. In the midst of it all, God, I'm going to follow.